Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, sometimes in life, you need to have what I call adult conversations. These adult conversations are never fun, but must be had. And we are going to share with you an email that Jonathan Twomley sent out to his list that I read and reread and said, Jonathan, we have to talk about this. The net of it is bank failures, what you are not being told. Jonathan, let us have the so- adult conversation. Yeah, well, listen, I, I love adult conversations. Uh, I, I I don't know what it is. It's like that old, you know, that Puritan ancestry of mine that where they, uh, <laughs> something has come down through the generations where it's like, let's have this hard conversation. Life is tough, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> but I have to say, uh, so there's good news in my email, actually. If no, you, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved yeah. how you did it, right? You said, this is the adult conversation. This is the hard part. This is the, this is the reality. And then you close with kind of 20%. It might be time to do the work, get excited. There will be deals here, but let's, let's do the first part first. Cause I don't think a lot of, a lot of people are truly understanding what's going on. There's a lot of fear. And when there's fear, there's no focus. Like they're yes. all over the place. So what we have seen over the last week, I mean, literally, you know, we, went to bed or you know on friday last week after or let's put it in the context of this podcast when we put this podcast to rest last week uh all was right with the world right i mean we were we were fighting inflation we were the the fed was raising rates uh i mean blackrock was talking about a terminal rate of six percent last thursday maybe not everybody thought this was great news but anyway you and i thought we're getting back to well you know it's going to a more stable basis for investing Mm -hmm. and then lo and behold, on Friday, SVB, the Silicon Ooh. Valley Bank, which is the, the banker to Silicon Valley, as the name suggests, imploded, right? And what we immediately saw after that was if you're basically subscribed to anybody's email list in the world, you immediately started getting emails about, uh, you know, don't worry, we're okay because we don't bank at Silicon Valley Bank. or we do bank at Silicon Valley Bank, but don't worry because the FDC, FDIC is going to step in and we'll be okay. And there was just this immediate like idea that you had to go and reassure everybody that things were fine with you personally because of you, you, you did or you didn't have a relationship with Silicon Valley Bank. And that's just sort of exposed the fear that was out there where this, this fear of contagion, right? And fear that everybody was going to be taken down by this. And I, I, let's say that the fear is not unreasonable, right? I mean, we've seen oh. how how bank panics get started. There's it's it, there's a huge psychological element to this. And, you know, that you did see some pushback too, if you were reading the press about like, hey, everybody, let's not go down this route of panic and and create a crisis, right? Which is a lot, you know, it's easier said than done because if everybody's thinking for themselves, 
trying to that's what that's what a bank run is right everybody is trying to is worried they're trying to get their money out before the next guy they don't want to show up at the window and and be told your money's yeah. not here right yeah so, it's really the i think people call it the prisoner's dilemma right there's no downside yeah. to take it out and move it you can always move it back but you don't want to be the last guy or the first guy where there's nothing left so it, but it's, it's also reasonable. worse for everybody right that's that's Correct. the dilemma yeah, the, the more prisoner's that, dilemma Right. So that if both people act in their own self-interest, they actually get a worse deal than if they just keep their mouth shut. Right. And then right. they get a better, they both get a better deal, but they can't know. Right. So this is, this is the, this, they can't know what the other guy's doing. So they act rationally to try to save their own skin, but they wind up, you know, getting a worse deal for both of them. Right. So, yep. so this is, this is what I said, you know, this is in Silicon Valley, because of this, here are the things that are really going to happen. Like, yes, maybe, the people that you're invested with uh, or that I'm invested with don't really have any direct exposure to Silicon Valley Bank. But the general feeling of panic that this collapse you know, created, and, and unfortunately, I think some of this is, is beginning to subside a little bit now as people dig deeper into the facts and, and it's kind of the unique circumstances of Silicon Valley Bank. But um, nevertheless, it has created a lot of fear, which means that Banks, as in a general, as a general proposition, are going to get a little bit more wary about lending, right? They're going to, even if they have no exposure to this, even if they're not lending to startups, even if they're not involved in tech, there is just going to be some guy at the credit committee who's approving your loan, who's going to be like, ah, do we really want to do this loan? Is this a good time? Should maybe we hold back more dry powder? We don't know what's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And the, then there is a kind of chain reaction that happens as a result of that, which is uh, it's going to be harder to finance real estate deals. It's going to be harder to refinance real estate deals. And that's actually where the real danger is, that yes. we've already been talking about how it is difficult for people who bought at the top and over leveraged as, you know, in order to get the deals at the top. However, you can, you know, whatever form may not be bank leverage right but they're doing pref equity they're doing interest only they're all these kinds of devices that that are not you know simply just putting more debt on the property but kind of doing the same thing at the end of the day all of these uh you know all of those people are were already going to have a hard time refinancing because of the rise in interest rates now they're going to have even a harder time because banks are going to be more critical about the stuff that they're lending on. And they're going to be looking at this with a jaundiced eye and they're going to be saying, we don't know about this. Right. So that just made it tougher for everybody. But. Well, it, so, so it's not, yeah. so let's go before we go to the, the rosy side of this, cause I, I yeah. that's where we'll spend most of our time. I want to be clear. There's a couple of things. So first and foremost, again, this is an article I had on CNBC, regional banks make up 50% or at least they did last year, 50% mm -hmm. of loan volume and commercial commercial banks or commercial yep. lending. That's a problem when, when regional banks are crumbling. To your point, the credit officers, there's going to be lots of credit officers and bank presidents saying, thou shall not touch that. We are over-indexed. We are too focused, too concentrated, whatever the vocabulary is. So you can look to loan volume coming down. Second, you are going to look for them to um, use every avenue they have to force refis or cash outs or whatever, because they want less on their books mm -hmm. is my belief. And then I think the subtle point in your letter that I want to hit here even harder is limited partners, because I think all lenders will get a little bit more nervous and conservative, um, which will mean 
you know, buy better deals. You're going to, they're going to want a higher return. The risk-free rate of return is four or 5%. It's just all, all types of harder. And I think this, where this really goes is the people who are conservative, who frankly weren't in the market the last 18 months because they thought it was a casino, they're going to benefit because they yeah. have receipts. Like, no, I sold, maybe I sold early, but damn it, I didn't see a pandemic coming. Uh, but now I'm ready. I've been doing the work and now I'm putting deals together. So I think people are going to be over indexed to the people that weren't in the market because there's a lot of new players and we've been highlighting it for at least a year that are going to just going to get hurt. They were able to attract money because money was free and now they overpaid bridge debt IOs. And there's, again, I've said it and I'll say it again. There's a lot of LPs that have lost their money and they don't even know it yet. Um, so that's yeah, kind of the downside. Of the and when they find out, Absolutely. And when those LPs find out what the situation is, they're going to be very reluctant to invest. Oh, some in of them will never deals, come right? back. <laughs> some of them will never come back. They once burned, right? I mean, twice shy. So they're they're going that that is going to put a further dent into liquidity in the market, and it's going to cause cap rates to rise. You know, even, even more. Even for, I mean, we talked. Right. Go back on your playlist. Jonathan has an amazing playlist with hundreds of videos. We we you can go back and check videos from months ago. We've been talking about this. I think it even again, it's all risk or really it's fear. I think what Saturday caused was fear. The other thing besides lending going down, Jonathan, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I think consumer psychology was dented and damaged. And we may have started, you know, the, the dreaded recession. Cause I think consumers, if they were going to spend on something, they're like, you know what, honey, we, we may need to use some dry powder to use your term from earlier. I think there's a lot less consumption going on this week than last week is my guess. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, right? Because, you know, I'm sure you saw the jobs report that came out I this did. morning. I did, 192, under 200. It's yep. hot, st- hot, hot as hot. ever, right? And so this may take some time, if it does happen, to kind of work its way through the system. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think I think it's going to be important, uh, you know, how this sort of plays through. Because as, as I mentioned a moment ago, the counter-narrative has started where, you know, People are talking about the unique things that Silicon Valley Bank yeah, did wrong, and, yeah, and, and include, including you know insiders betting against their own stock and mm-hmm. and and just all kinds of insane stuff like that. And Peter Thiel coming out and like telling people to like, you know, encouraging a bank run. And listen, the SEC is going to start opening some investigations into this. Apparently, they always open investigations whenever there's a bank oh, collapse. Course. But there's, I think, there's some funny business that happened here for sure where people were selling stock based on like in, either insider knowledge they had or stuff they were telling the market right yeah. so we'll, yeah we'll see gonna, this will be political theater i'm i'm worried about the deals and where people can have make make you know life-changing you know yeah. investments and that's where i want to go next yeah so but you have to understand that when there's panic and fear in the markets this is when the real money is made, right? Yeah, but and, back to the back to the opening, right? Bank failures, what you're not being told. So again, we had two bank failures, Signature Bank and SVB. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about other regionals. First, uh, re- what's it called? First Regional Bank? First, First Republic. First, First Republic. Republic Bank. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you. Uh, I believe, and I said this on Monday, I believe, there may not be more bank failures, meaning FDIC takes them over, but there's going to be some shotgun marriages. Yeah. 
and I think uh, I think they're the first one to go. First Republic, they're going to be they're going to be married. It looks like I think it was J.P. Morgan and the Fed gave him money on Monday. It would not shock me. And again, this is Thursday, so I'm saying this with 24 hours to go. That First Republic is bought by J.P. Morgan by the mm. end of the weekend. I mean, listen. Here's another thing that happened, uh, which I I don't know if you noticed this or not, but you know, Moody's came out this this past week and like you know lowered its ratings of all these banks you know which also sort of i mean i don't you know you like what they did in the dot or the great recession they lowered after exactly exactly now maybe some of the younger folks or people who just weren't really focused on this at the time didn't notice this but moody's always after the house burned down yes i mean i'm sorry to say this i don't usually like to use this kind of language on podcasts but moody shit the bed Exactly. In in 2008, it missed yeah. it all horrible. of it, right? And then all after the fact, after the fact, it came out and it like you know lowered the ratings on on everything. And here, once again, it completely missed SVB and all the other banks. That now, after SVB collapses, like oh my god, we better do something. Yeah. You know, we got to cover our asses. And they went out and they lowered ratings on a lot of uh, other banks, right? But that has the effect too of then amping up the panic, right? Yeah. And, and and so. Uh, I mean, first Republic was downgraded to junk. Yeah. They're, they're going to get bought. They have, like, to, they have to. Yeah. I mean, frankly, really counterproductive in a way. Like, I mean, if, if Moody's didn't see it before, they should just leave well enough alone, not say yeah, anything. Right? Just take it off. You know? We missed that one. Yeah. And just, you know, like, and just maybe go quietly to the, the FDIC or whoever and say, Hey, we're, you know, yeah, we need a little is, help this over what, here. This is what we're seeing. Right. Yeah. We just want to let you know as if nobody else could see it. Right. But yeah. uh, but it just it just adds to more fuel to that panic fire and and and, yeah. and not very so, helpful at all. Yeah. So, so let's flip the coin over. So, again, lots of fear. Banks are going to lend less. Regional banks are going to lend less. There's going to be. Just a lot less loans and the ones that are done will be more strict, higher rates, bigger, uh, lower LTVs. It's going to be harder for investors. But on the other side of that is where I want to focus. And again, I want to focus there because A, Olivia and I are coming to your event at the end of April because we want to learn this stuff and be prepared. I've been very clear with my audience for four years. There are two things I don't do, but I have interest. One of them is bigger syndications or bigger bigger deals, whether I take them down myself, whether I'm an LP with somebody I trust or whatnot. So we're going to come to this event uh, in late April and... um, why don't we talk about the discount first and then we'll talk about what people uh you know what can people do with with what's coming. Yeah, oh, so about the conference and look, we've already we had a really great response from the one rental at a time audience. It was really excited to see and I was frankly really pleasantly surprised by how many people have signed up to come. Nice. So, uh we have so today this is Thursday, March 16th. Yep. Through the end of tonight Pacific time. So midnight Pacific time this ends you okay. can still get a 50% discount off your ticket to this event. And that 50% discount applies not only to your general admission ticket, but to the VIP access as well. So even though I think the price went up the other day by $100, you can get 50 bucks of that back today yeah. if you use yeah. this discount code that ends today. And it's still a great deal. Yeah. Uh, so be sure to sign up because you know I'm going to be there. Michael's going to be there. We've got a a growing crowd of uh, ORAT folks who are going to be there yeah. and it's, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So don't miss that opportunity to get that discount code. And and I'll just slip one other thing in here. If you're on the West coast, 
or you're near Las Vegas, uh, we're probably not going to do this conference in Las Vegas again. So if 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 uh, so, distance is an issue for you, like sign up now this year yeah. because because uh, if we do this conference again, it's most likely going to be in New York next year. Oh, so nice. yeah, so. But it's my daughter is. I'll come to that. No problem. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I know. I know a lot of people will come to New York too, but I mean, there's some people who like to stay close to home. Yeah. So, if that's your thing, then you know, please sign up. But the the discount code is ORAT50. So you go to multifamilywealthproject.com, and when you go to the checkout page, put in the ORAT50. That's O O R A A T fifty to get your fifty percent uh, discount off this uh, great conference. And as I said, it's it's through midnight tonight, Pacific time. So, you know, time's a wasting. And just so you know, folks, uh, that was the same discount I was given. I'm not taking a commission, a fee or any of that. That's not what I do on this channel. It was important for me, for Jonathan, to offer you the same discount I got. Uh, in just case you're watching this anytime after Thursday, you can just use ORAT30 and you'll get 30% off. But back to why people need to go this, because Jonathan, all this pain, this lending, Real estate transactions will still happen. Right now, we're still frozen, but eventually sellers will figure it out and or banks will take over and there will be deals to be made. I have yes. been here before and we did deals up to 20 units. I'm coming to you, coming to this event because frankly, I want to do 50, 80 units and that's what I'm coming to learn. Um, so what do you see as a possibility on the other side of this fear and uh, lack of lending? Well, listen, I mean- uh, there's going to be great opportunity. There's going to be opportunity that we haven't seen for 15 years, uh, in yeah. my view. And the reason yeah. for that is simply, it's the same reason as what happened in the great financial crisis, maybe not to the same devastating effect, but nevertheless, we're not going to, this is the first time we've seen this for a while, and it'll be the, the last time we see it for a while here to come. And that is that just as in the great financial crisis, we got into a frenzy, People decided that real estate can't lose. That led them to take too much risk. And then when the the market situation that they insisted was going to continue forever, right? If you remember back to the GFC, houses yep. were going to keep going up in price forever. Well, mm -hmm. this time around, apartments, apartment buildings were going to keep going up in price forever. Yep. Interest rates were never going to come down. Um, and as soon as the market... Uh, starts believing that they start doing risky things. And then anything that comes along to upset the apple cart has a devastating effect on the people who got in too late. And those, you know, who have no cushion, right? And those people are going to get uh, forced into selling or foreclosed on. And that is going to create a situation in which there are bargains for you and me to buy. And it'll happen at every level, right? So don't think this is going to only happen for like, you know, yeah, this is not just office deals. building San Francisco. This this is up right. and down the stack. Yeah. Yes, this is not just for $25, $30 million apartment complexes that like you can't buy. This is going to be, you know, the the quads, the tenplexes, the things that's within your range to buy or you and a couple of partners, right? Yep. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for those LPs who are who are savvy and don't, you know, get scared by what the media is saying or don't get scared by like, their brother-in-law who's like, oh, I wouldn't invest in real estate right now. The market just crashed. You know, the people who understand that when the market just crashed, that's the best time that's to buy. That's the time to get in. That's the time to get in, right? So yeah. um, there's going to be great opportunity, but there's going to be, but you're going to have to be a little smarter 
Yeah. And, you, you know, to do it. And, and here's the way it's going to work now. And, and I'll give you an example of like a deal I'm working on right now, which I think is, is a perfect deal for this environment. Now, okay. the, the lenders will get scared and they'll kind of pull back, but they'll also realize that, well, if they're not lending, they're not making any money, right? Mm -hmm. They're making zero money if they're not lending. So they have an incentive to start finding deals to lend on. Now they're going to be harder than normal. The terms are not going to be as good as they were. They're going to be like really fly specking everything. But if you have a good story to tell, then they're going to be very interested. And if you have a, you know, a track record, or you can partner with people who have track records, they're going to be very interested because e even though you and I, you know, Michael, you and I, and the people who are listening understand that there's less risk after a crash because the risk is the crash, right? Exactly. If the crash has happened, there's less risk, right? But that's not how that's not how human psychology works. There's something called recency bias. So after a crash, that's really strong in people's minds. They're just they're worried about another crash, even though crashes don't follow crashes, right? You might be in the doldrums for a while, but you don't have like a crash. And then like another crash, it 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 just it can't happen, right? Yeah. So, so the 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 lenders are like everybody else; they're scared, but they're they're but they need to lend, and so they're mm -hmm. going to be looking for stories. And so, like for instance, I'm working on a hotel deal right now, which has a fantastic story. We're able to get this asset way way under value, assuming we get under contract, because of the particular situation that the the asset finds itself. It's not being marketed correctly it's being run kind of as a part-time lifestyle business right it it so if you look at the actual financials uh it doesn't look that great right but but my my partners understand that if we implement modern systems if we implement technology if we implement proper marketing and we upgrade the asset this is another big thing the asset is kind of stuck in the 1990s so it can't get premium rates right if we address all those issues we will have a smoking deal in our hands and we can tell that story to a banker and a banker is going to respond um, to that. Right. So, and we can also say to a banker, Hey, look at the price, the worst case scenario here is another COVID. If we run this asset at COVID numbers, we still can pay our debt service by a comfortable margin. Right. That, and so, so that's like the worst case scenario, another COVID, everything gets, gets shut down for six months we can still pay our debt service under those circumstances. So, you know, Mr. Banker, this is one of those deals that you just can't say no to, right? Yeah. And and so that there are going to be deals like that out there, right? There are going to be deals out there where people like don't run what they've got well enough, right? Mm -hmm. Or they don't realize what they've got or they've just been sort of, you know, there's a whole class of real estate owners who are are essentially lifestylers, right? They're yeah. they want it to be easy. They don't they don't maximize the rents in their apartments or their hotels or whatever because they don't have to. They're making yeah, they're a good, good living. They're good, yeah. Yeah, like they're that. making a good living the way that they're running things and it's easy and that's what they want, right? Yep. But you and I can take opportunities like that and, and maximize the value. So that's what bankers are gonna be looking to see. And these are the things we're going to look at the event again, myself and Olivia. It's so important for us to look at what we're doing in the next couple of decades of our investing career. She is coming. So the ORAT fans that go there, we will likely, now that we have at least seven of you coming, uh, Jonathan and I will work on who you are and we will find a way to get connected. And 
do a coffee or something so we can uh, we can say hi to everyone. Jonathan, thank you so much. We have two more topics to cover. Absolutely.